I'm Farah Dijanet of Farah Dijanet Whole Horsemanship in Central Massachusetts in the USA. And this is another episode of my podcast where I'll help you liberate your horsemanship. Hello out there in whole horse world. Happy holidays. We're uh, coming in quick to Christmas, Um, whatever you celebrate. um, It's a busy time, but I thought I'd throw out a pod right in between uh, all the crazy and the busyness that goes on. I'm sure everybody's like rushing around and doing stuff, and some of us are dealing with winter right now, and some of us are dealing with other weather. I'm jealous if you're not dealing with winter right now, just saying. Anyway, um, you know who you are, down under people. I should be there right now. Or in the south, in the U.S., some of my uh, southern people are dealing with a little bit kinder, gentler weather. Um, It has been, not going to lie, an ugly winter so far. I'm trying to keep my chin up and, um, you know, snow is not so bad. And rain isn't so bad, but when you get tons of snow, then it warms up and you get tons of rain, and then it freezes, and then you get snow, and then it warms up and you get rain. You guys follow me. You guys in the Northeast are feeling it right now. Anyway, it's making a hot mess. So, anyway, it is what it is. New England winter is not for sissies. We all know that. We uh, keep our chin up, put on our our warm clothes and get out there and go out there and get it done. So um, anyway, that's what's happening in New England weather. This podcast is devoted to um, traditional Chinese medicine, how do I love thee, let me count the ways. So um, I did get a question about this a while back, a person who sent it in on Instagram, I think probably forgot they even sent it by now but I didn't forget about you you guys send me questions and I do not forget um I have been chasing Dr. Purgesay around who is my amazing traditional Chinese medicine vet of Sanctuary Animal Clinic to get an actual pod interview with him and he has agreed but synchronizing the two of us has been like planetary aligning so anyway I will get it done, but I'm going to talk about it right now, and then maybe the part two of this pod will be my interview with Dr. Perdizé. Um He can't say enough good things about him, but he's one of my dream team here at Ohana, and I have learned so much from working with him. Um, it expanded my understanding of zoopharmacognosy and how we look at whole foods in traditional Chinese medicine, not as, you know, just nutrient content and carbohydrates and um, looking at it as whole foods as healing and um, looking at them in a completely different way. Um, That's just one of the things that has expanded um, my application of zoopharmacognosy. For those of you who don't know, we use that here. We use um, also uh, herbs and um, 
uh, all different kinds of um, essential oils and uh, homeopathy and flower essences, uh, you name it. And I keep getting introduced to new stuff all the time, so i uh, share with you whatever I'm starting to use. Um, the BGI and the NSA chiropractic work, which I'm a huge fan of. But um, yeah, uh, it's been a really, really amazing journey um, getting more involved with traditional Chinese medicine. Um, sidebar, uh, some of my information also comes from my sister, who is a human traditional Chinese medicine acupuncturist. Oh, and um, Anyway, there's a lot of it around me, so uh, I've been exposed to it quite a bit, and uh, I also go to a human um, acupuncturist who is quite amazing. So, um, onward and upward, you know, we utilize the work here. Um, people may say, why would you use this modality? Well, here's the thing. Western medicine has its place, and Eastern medicine has its place. Um, I'm not going to go into my experiences where Eastern medicine not only blew away, you know, diagnostically, um, and he actually helped me recover and heal from certain things, um, where Western medicine completely just um, had not much for me as far as even, you know, um, mysterious things that were wrong with me. Um, you know, I, I have had my own experiences with the power of acupuncture and herbs um, that just pinpointed and, and completely cleared up uh, things that I was having health-wise. So uh, not only were they, they were not minor things, there were things that, you know, were definitely um, things that required me to go into the hospital and um, actually acupuncture cleared um, where nothing in um, Western medicine was helpful. So that's just a little sidebar for me. I've had the similar experience with the horses and dogs and whatever else, you know, animals that are floating around here, um, we, it can be applied to. Um, you know, here, uh, let's look at a little bit just sort of the idea of what Chinese medicine does for the layperson. Um, I am not an expert. I've picked up what I know from working around it, and that just happens with me inevitably because, you know, I work with amazing practitioners and I ask a lot of questions and we bang our heads together and we come up with stuff. So, um, just to give you a broad stroke, you know, acupuncture and Chinese herbs, and there's massage techniques that we use also, which are medical massage, Twina. Um, they help correct imbalances found in the body and um, they try to facilitate the body healing itself but also try to act as a preventative of other illnesses or you know future illness um, imbalances of the organs of any kind the internal uh, energy or chi can cause disease that affects general health so um, the goal of traditional Chinese medicine treatment is to uh, harmonize the yin and yang energy 
um, the conditions which exist like uh, wet and dry, cold and heat in the body and the mind. Um, traditional Chinese medicine seeks to um, regulate the qi, um, the moisture and blood in the organ networks, um, strengthen weak organs, um, decongest channels, um, cool heating uh, situations where there's heat in the body and um, warm cold situations, um, soften tightness and calm any agitation or moisten any dryness. Now some of you may go, well, what does that all mean? It's not in the literal sense that uh, you look at these things like, you know, heat and cold. Um, it's just how Chinese medicine looks at conditions in the body. So um, the uh, literal things, people go, well, you know, they check pulses and tongue color and all this stuff. It's not like it is your pulse, but they don't look at the pulse the same way like the pulse you know you check your pulse for like your blood pressure and you know how many beats per minute all that stuff um yeah that's not that's not the same way they look at the pulses there's they look at the pulses and uh, how they the quality of them and um you know there's different depths of feeling for the pulse uh you know feeling different pressures and um, there are all these different um qualities of the pulse which give information as well as the tongue color and as with in the case of the animals body scans which are fascinating to me so um the diagnostics basically we'll stick to the animal stuff now is um we check tongue color we look at pulses in the jugular area sometimes in the hoof if there you know is a hoof thing uh, but mainly in the jugular area left and right and then scan the body for the acupuncture points and reactiveness in those acupuncture points. Um, the, you know, watching this happen is, I've seen it done so many times, so it's very interesting to me. As a diagnostic tool, it is incredible. You know, having worked side by side with Western vets and now with Eastern vets, um, it, I mean, to be honest, I, I really wish Western vets were trained in this diagnostics. Um, I'll get to that a little bit later, but um, how we diagnostic everything down to like lameness is without using any drugs or blocking or doing all these things. You know, we can find and isolate injuries and, and um, you know, sources of, of pain and discomfort. So, um, also the element typing. So, uh, if you've gone through any of my blogs or you've heard me talk about element typing, um, the horses, uh, people, everything has an element type. Uh, the five elements, earth, water, wood, metal, fire. Uh, we talk about uh, the characteristics of this particular element. Obviously, there can be more than one element at play. Uh, also, the constitutional element versus the state that an imbalanced animal can be in. So, you know, I often get animals that are not in what I call a state of balance, and their element is not who they really are. So they may come in like extreme water, out of balance, and then um, when we finally get them in balance, they're actually an earth horse, and, you know, 
it's pretty interesting. I've literally seen horses go from water to earth in one acupuncture treatment, which is amazing to see, and I didn't even know it was possible, but it is. It's an extraordinary result, and it is not always the case. More often than not, it's not the case, but I have seen it happen in literally one treatment. A horse just literally change personalities. So, um, the uh, way that I use element typing as a trainer is it's allowed me to help uh, my vet uh, when he comes. Uh, now that I've learned how that works, it helps him diagnostic the horse because each element has um, their inherent weaknesses, health weaknesses, even dietary weaknesses, and also seasonal changes affect um, throughout the season each element. So um, it's pretty interesting to look at, you know, as the seasons change, how that impacts certain horses. We've all seen horses that actually get quite um, impacted from uh, seasonal changes. And as far as, I mean, we always think of the cold bringing out certain things, but, um, you know, uh, heat brings out certain things. It may affect some horses more than others, you know, spring changing, autumn changing, you know, all these things cause, um, the systems of the body, uh, have an effects on them. So what I've learned is to really look at this. And as a trainer, understanding the the elements really helps me approach that horse um, also with an understanding of the characteristics of what that horse you know is, is just that's just their nature you know nature versus nurture um, you know you've all heard me talk about Mercury the my fire horse you know, I, I understand Mercury is a fire horse and he's always going to be a fire horse and fire horses aren't for everybody. And he's loads of fun, but also when the fire burns out of control, it can be, uh, not exactly fun, but, um, to know him is to love him and to understand him is to know what his, you know, what things set him off and, um, also to know what makes him a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he's a horse that, um, is affected by a lot of things and one of the things that I learned through the Chinese medicine was that for him in the winter as we just talked about winter brings out certain things um, Mercury is a flighty horse in the cold weather and at times when his heart shen gets out of balance which is in the winter he, he gets a more water element and he can become much more spooky and flighty and I can use acupuncture to actually calm his shen as well as herbs. Uh, and so when you know what the actual issue is, instead of just going, oh, my horse is really extra spooky all of a sudden, um, ruling out other things that cause that, like Lyme disease, um, you can say, oh, well, I can treat him, you know, and help him balance out so it's not quite as, as difficult. And what I found is the past few winters where he could sometimes get um, so difficult in the winter, I mean, I learned to deal with it, but I'm not going to say it was fun, uh, that he's actually been much better so the last couple of winters. So now that I've learned to address it that way, um, it's part of how I help him in the wintertime and, and stay happier. He's not happy when he's in that state. 
so it helps them stay calmer and more relaxed and not using silly drugs but actually addressing his his needs and that that he gets out of balance in the cold weather so that's one instance of where I use um, you know Chinese medicine to help my own personal horse who's always been a, a handful on a good day so um, you know the element typing has been incredibly useful for me um, learning how how to um, you know, work with that as a trainer, and then also when someone brings you a horse that's way out of balance, um, if you have a certain element and they get way out of balance, then the negative traits of that particular uh, element can be very difficult to deal with if you take, um, like wood horses or, um, you know, a horse that, uh, it's like metal, um, you can have some very, you know, unpleasant behaviors coming up and, you know, sometimes a horse being deemed aggressive or, uh, even angry behavior, um, you know, this type of agitated behavior. I mean, there's so many behaviors that come up now that I quickly can identify as a horse being, um, you know, out of balance and, you know, people want to throw herbal commerce or whatever, at these horses you know and it's so much more effective to go at that horse with someone who really understands you know the Chinese medicine and the state that they're in because they're in a, in a certain state and they would identify that state and then start approaching it that way there may be herbs or may just be acupuncture or combination but um you know you can look at it from that standpoint and it, and it really it it is a you know positive because you you actually can identify something and say oh this is the state that this animal's in and people too and dogs and cats and any other animals so um some of the really difficult horses i've had that's the first thing i look at in um when we look under the hood as i always say uh we're checking the internals of the horse and here's the thing about TCM uh, and the so-called healthy looking horse I cannot tell you how many horses I've seen that were shiny and like on the outside look like the picture of health and you know any horse person would go well that horse is just beautiful and healthy and then we checked their pulses and scanned them and they were in such a crisis health-wise and it's so this this alone is so important to me because I see the so-called healthy horse all the time especially in the show world where the horse is you know externally looking stunningly you know the picture of health and internally is completely in a state of imbalance and crying for help stagnation of the liver you know whatever and all the things that come with that and if every person understood that and were is able to check that their horse and just even routinely check them you know there would be so many health issues that could be preemptively um you know, made sure that that horse never got sick. You know, we don't wait till we get the external, the external symptoms. When we get the external symptoms, it's often too late. You know, the ones we can see. Um, 
you know, one of the things that I find extremely um, beneficial is like uh, this spring, this is funny, but Mercury is 15 now. And he's a lot calmer, but that's not like him. I'm not used to that Mercury. I'm used to fire Mercury, and fire Mercury's fire is getting more regulated now as a 15-year-old. So this spring, he seemed particularly calm, and I thought, maybe something's wrong with him. And, you know, I had Dr. Perjuzé look at him, and he checked him, and he scanned him and everything, and we looked at his tongue, and he said, well, you know, his, everything was good. His tongue color is good, pink and his scan was, you know, negative, and he said, nope, he's just calming down, and we had a good laugh about that, because it took 14 years that I've had that horse, and he's finally starting to be a little bit more of a calm horse, you know, I'm never going to say he's not a fire horse, but it was just, it was reassuring to me to know that nothing was wrong with him, because historically, when Mercury is calmer, something is usually wrong with him, so... You know, it was good to check that out, but it gave me a way to check on whether he was in fact feeling optimally healthy or there was something going on. And so that allayed my fears that, you know, he had something going on. And so um, that's just another way that I checked under the hood and found that my horse was actually just uh, just healthy and good. Um, I love getting the scans and checking all that stuff because I know then that uh, what I'm seeing on the outside matches the inside. So, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, an amazing tool for me. And, and it's what drew me to me, uh, drew, what drew me in was the ability to really, really know that the inside of my horse matches the outside of my horse. And, and also that behavioral stuff as a trainer, that behavioral stuff I could track to, you know, imbalances, and once that horse was feeling more healthy and feeling more balanced, then we could get to the, you know, the training problem may go away, you know, so I still stand behind at this point that I've yet to see a horse with any behavioral issues that does not have something going on, and it may be beyond medical, it may be uh, an internal imbalance, and so just because we can't find heat and swelling and scan pain points on the body does not mean there's not something going on internally and organ-wise that is causing the horse to be in a state, you know, of, of you know, where it can't handle workload and, and is not mentally comfortable with workload. So, um, when we ask, when you ask me what drew me to all this, this, all of this stuff, and, um, this nagging notion in me intuitively that these horses I was seeing had more going on. And um, as, it, as it stands, you know, with my whole approach, you know, the, the, the big things, the big three things I'm always going for is the hoofs, the internals with the Chinese medicine and chiropractic um, alignment issues. Um, and not traditional chiropractic, but the BGI and the NSA work. So, um, it's an, you know, using, using these three, three things to to address probably the most commonly overlooked and undiagnosed, um, issues. Honestly, when I tour around and I do clinics in various places, 
I wish that I could pack all my people up and bring them with me because I see horse after horse after horse in clinic and I go, oh my god, I wish I could get my people on that horse or I wish I could get my people on that horse. And so um, sometimes I'm lucky enough to have like-minded people and some people accessible to me, you know, where I go. And so that usually makes me feel better. And I can help people locate people in their area. Very difficult sometimes to find um, the quality of people. Uh, I think we all know here that, um, and I say this all the time here, there are people who learned skills and skill sets, and there are people who are just outstanding practitioners. So not all practitioners are created equal, just like not all horse trainers are created equal. Not all vets are created equal. There's always a tier and echelon of person that has taken the skill set to the next level. I've been lucky enough to work with these people because I have searched high and low and found them. And so I try to share them as much as I can with everybody who brings their horses to me. And I try to share what I learned from them on the podcasts and, you know, on my uh, social media um, if I can, as much as, as, as possible. Very difficult to help people with horses that we can't get our hands on, but, you know, we can offer little bits of advice here and there. And, um, you know, the things that uh, are really fascinating to me, uh, like, for example, when we do a diagnostic, um, how it compares to, like, a Western medicine diagnostic, uh, recently, we were trying to diagnostic uh, lameness, and um, you know, our my vet went through and he did his he goes through the body, and so we were really having trouble isolating whether it was in the hoof or at least I was, uh, it, whether it was in the hoof or in soft tissue and or whether there was other um, situations going on, so. Um, after scanning certain points on the horse, and, and mind you, these aren't points that are connected literally, like, um, the point that came up on this particular horse was up by his ears, which was connected to his right, his right front foot, and, um, I shouldn't say hoof, but, um, what turned out was that by where this acupuncture points, which showed up, which were localized to um, high up on the neck of this horse, pointed to the fact that the horse had soft tissue lameness between fetlock and hoof. Not the actual hoof, but between the fetlock and hoof. And we were able to isolate that in that particular um, body scan. And that was extremely helpful because we then knew that it was a soft tissue issue and it was actually a tendon and ligament issue not a muscle issue and also not a hoof issue so that was incredibly helpful just by doing a scan and which points were sensitive on this horse's particular points on him which happened to be up on his neck we then scanned further down and also found that this particular horse had um, Lyme disease points lighting up so there were secondary things going on so um, these points happen to be around the abdominal area in the back of the abdominal area and then further on further scan uh, found that this particular horse had um, 
some hind limb stuff on top of that. So there was hind limb uh, reaction in the scan uh, points that were showing that the hind limb was also uh, coming up. And so the other things that come up is whether it's arthritic, whether it's structure, whether it's tendon ligament, musculoskeletal, whether it has to do with organs. It's not always about actual injury. It can be, points can be sore because it's the organs or the meridians. So um, the lung points, the liver points, you know, heart points, all that stuff, uh, governing vessel. Uh, these things are easy enough to Google these basic charts. I encourage everybody to Google, you know, basic um, charts on the horses. Also, look up acupressure. Acupressure is something you all can learn. I'm sure there's like a bazillion videos on YouTube on that. Um, there are uh, different schools of um, acupuncture. Uh, so if you find some conflicting information, you know, don't worry about it. It's just that there are some, you know, different schools. And just like everything else, just like horse training and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, this, what I'm working with is what I've learned from the people that I, I work with particularly. So if you find some other information, um, also tall grass is popular. They offer courses. Um, there, there are, uh, if you look up tall grass Institute, um, there's a lot of people I know who have been studying with them. If I had a spare five minutes, I'd probably study with them too. So many things I want to study. I bet you all do too so little time so um anyway that's another resource um you know the things there are horses that we have here that we have um been working on managing everything from ulcers to uh, laminitis um we have worked with uh Cushing's insulin resistance um we had a horse here that had chronic keratitis and uveitis with an underlying chronic Lyme disease diagnosis who is now maintaining really well on herbs and acupuncture. She's a real elderly horse. Um, it's been really fascinating to see that we can actually maintain these horses uh, on the acupuncture and the herbs. We do have to recheck the horses frequently. So before everybody says, oh, well, you've got these herb protocols and all this stuff, you know, these horses are on, um, right now, unless they're an acute case, we usually have the horses seen every six to eight weeks and they are checked, rechecked. And what that means is um, if they're good, we don't need to do anything. And if they anything comes up, uh, or any herbs need adjusting. It is not uncommon for us to change the herb protocols, change different herbs seasonally, and also to change amounts of herbs being given. So there is never a constant, I can't say that any horse here has stayed on any particular herb and any particular amount the entire time we've been working together with our vet. So this really defies, you know, this approach that uh, well, we've done this protocol, and this is the protocol the horse stays on. Um, I've seen horses changed from different uh, respiratory herbs, um, changed <clears throat> from different herbs for their Cushing's and, and their insulin resistance issues. 
Um, there are often multiple herbs that can be used based on, you know, what what's happening with each horse. So if I have like three horses here that are on Cushing's and insulin resistant protocols and they're all on different protocols and they're all changed and their amounts are being adjusted constantly based on the blood work and what we're finding. So um, I wish I could tell you it was just like, oh, you just get this and you do this. It's not like that. And um, it requires uh, management, but it also means that our horses are not being maintained on any kind of Western drugs. And so we're able to manage them on these particular protocols, monitoring the horses on a regular basis. Uh, frankly, I find it really useful to have our vet come on a cycle like that. Uh, it helps us stay ahead of stuff and um, we often treat um, numerous horses, you know, no, no less than six horses at a time. And, um, you know, it allows us to stay on top of things and, and catch things or to see that a horse is doing really well and we don't need to do anything. So, um, you know, preventative measures, you know, you might say, oh, I don't want to pay for that vet call to come out, but boy, it's just such a peace of mind. Like I found out with Mercury, like this spring that he was actually in good shape and, um, you know, the peace of mind that that gave me. So, um, and then to have him checked again, you know, later on next time. So, um, some of the really, um, important things that I've learned is exactly that. It's just, you know, um, when horses come in, especially some of the really difficult training cases, I have always found something, um, whether it was ulcers that somebody missed or, you know, some something was going on with the horse that was causing them to, to be acting out and riding or, or having you know, really difficult behavior of some kind. And it's amazing to me that, um, that it isn't more widely used. Um, unfortunately, still considered uh, a bunch of nonsense by some certain, you know, people. You know, some people think um, traditional Chinese medicine is just, you know, witchcraft and whatever. And um, I've actually heard some vets locally around here say, oh, we're, we don't know all about that new new kind of medicine and I'm like it's really funny me and my vet laugh because Chinese medicine is like 2,000 years old <laughs> and some of the vets are like yeah we don't do that new style of medicine and we're like uh it's not new it's been around forever so um it's interesting but um yeah it's I've seen it really really help lot of horses that people would have written off and it's really helped me with uh, definitely helped me with laminitis cases and uh, any any cases where it was just there was such chronic health issues you know with certain things where I just know from coming up in horse and chip that if you'd have told me you know when I, 25 years ago and you said oh we can we can fix these problems and I would have said yeah how but now we know how so um and it's a very, very non-invasive, you know, uh, really calming treatment for the horses, you know. Um, sometimes the horses, uh, you know, and myself, I've even felt in my treatments, you get some needles that hurt briefly, 
when they go in because if it is a reactive point it can be uncomfortable so um you know um sometimes using twina the chinese medical massage helps to um, calm the horses and build some rapport with them ahead or sometimes they'll do just twina and no needles um to get more trust with the horse and that works on you know um, massaging the organs and um, doing different massage strokes to um you know stimulate the horses i I don't want to say it's it's like acupressure but it's more of a massage technique but um yeah there's there's so many um things you can learn as a horse person you know to help your horse and um, we've been shown some techniques here that we can do on our own horses uh, for the medical massage which is pretty cool i'd like to do a class just on twina which is spelt, by the way, T-U-I-N-A, just for those of you who want to look it up. But um, anyway, I can't extol the virtues enough of how this, this particular modality has helped me and my, my farm and my training and helped me help owners and their horses and helped owners get more understanding of their horses with the elements and the element typing. So, you know, it's kind of fun and you know, it's helpful, you know, and there's also some vets, I give a shout out to Madeline Ward, she's got, does a lot of work with element typing, teaches a class on that, she's got a blog out, um, she is very specific about her, um, you know, even her supplements she's developed for horses, specific elements, um, you know, uh, she also, interestingly enough, is a vet that, um, uses NSA chiropractic work, um, she definitely whole approach uh, I believe is in Texas um, but yeah you can look up her site um, Madeline Ward again uh, is her name definitely a good resource but um, yeah hopefully I will be able to uh, wrangle Dr. Perdizé for a pod interview um, the other thing uh, just touching before I close out on this um the Whole Foods, Healing with Whole Foods, um, if you Google anything you want to know that your horse likes, like particular foods and whole foods we're talking about, not treats, um, any fruits or vegetables, um, if you have found that they're safe for your horse, just put in the particular vegetable or fruit and search the name of the fruit, like we just say apple for example and TCM or traditional Chinese medicine and you'll find out what that particular food um, you know what its temperature is what what it tonifies what um, if you're of course particularly is seeking a certain food out it will give you a little bit of a sense of what they might be trying to help themselves with and um, everything from berries to vegetables seeds nuts you know we feed our horses pretty much all kinds of cool stuff um, herbs herbs are in there too but you can look up individual foods and find out information about those foods if you put put the food in and then follow it with Chinese medicine it will give you a sort of a little profile there are a lot of good sites and some charts even um, just touching on uh, we are coming into the new year oh my god it's like this year went by like flew by I know everybody agrees uh yes so 
going into next year, um, first of all, anyone who wants to book clinics should be contacting me right about now if they're not at Ohana. So there are clinics in the works right now as we speak, and um, I usually am planning them through January um, and February. So um, if you have an interest in reaching out, contact me either through Facebook or through Instagram or um, through my website. Um, Yeah, my year gets planned out pretty much uh, right about now. Uh, The other things that are um, excited to do next year, um, I've already talked about Joanna Mendel Shaw and this clinic and collaborating with her on a couple of things. So um, we're looking at that in May. Nobody should miss this this clinic. I mean, I'm excited about it. Um, it, It's just, it's going to change. It's all about feel, learning feel. One of the hardest things to learn and how to work with horses. Um, And and just in such a unique and cool way that um, I'm totally fascinated by. But anyway, haven't got the dates up yet, but definitely be looking for that one in May. Uh, April, for sure, we'll be having the spring break uh, youth horsemanship camp, which the kiddies love. Um, usually pretty full on that one right out the gate, but may have a few spots left for any, um, if you ha- know any serious young horsemen. Um, also, you know, we're coming into the new year, and everybody should think about you know, what they've accomplished this year with their horses and where they want to go next year. And then uh, January is for contemplating that for me personally, but I like to encourage everybody to reflect on how far they've come in the last 12 months and where they want to go in the next 12 months. So with that, I'm going to say again, happy holidays to everybody whatever you celebrate and um, I hope you find an enjoyable uh, finish to the year and we are looking forward to 2020 so um, uh, hopefully I won't be um, too long between the next podcast but uh, yeah this is uh, this is a crazy time for everybody so um, I will talk to you all soon and see you on social media most likely but keep your questions coming anything you want to learn more about or stuff that we do here at ohana uh, let me know send me through the website or through instagram or through facebook and uh, i will talk to you all soon Find out more about Faradijanet whole horsemanship at fdhorsemanship.com, YouTube, Faradijanet horsemanship on Facebook, at fdhorsemanship on Instagram, at fdhorsemanship on Twitter, and also you can join my membership site at fdhorsemanship.com where you can have access to virtual coaching, my online mentor program, and also many, many videos, plus videos for sale on cold starting and many exercises that I teach.